Well, I told you to turn to 1 Samuel. We're fixing to be there in just a second. Let me read one scripture out of the, the book of John, uh, James, chapter 4. James, chapter 4. I'm asking the question, how to let Christ reign in our lives? How to let Christ reign in our lives? And I, I have to tell you, the reason, the reason that I want to speak on this subject, it's... Uh, it's because there are so many distractions in the world today. And that's why sometimes Christ has taken off the throne in our lives and we allow some of these distractions to distract us. So how do we get Christ back on the throne in our lives? And we're talking personally here. That's what we're talking about. Look what it says in James chapter 4 and verse number 7. It says there, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. I've been in touch this week with Sherry Bumstead, and we've been speaking just about every day. We... Uh, I, I, this is new to me. We're, we communicate together on Telegram. And some of you know what that is. It was introduced to me about three or four weeks ago. That's another way that you can text message with people. They are seven hours ahead of us, so I try my best when we're talking to uh, stay in contact somewhere around between the time you get up in the morning, 2 o'clock, because at 2 o'clock it's... 9 o'clock there, so I try to keep all my communications within that time. I have to tell you, it is amazing to me. If you take a globe, and I looked at a globe the other day. You don't see many of them around anymore. You see flat pieces of maps. But if you take a globe of the world, and you put your finger on the United States of America, it's above the equator and you put your finger on Zambia, Africa, it's below the equator, and it is exactly the opposite side of the United States of America. I mean, totally opposite side. And I can take my phone, and I will ask Sherry a question, and within just a couple of seconds, she has responded to my question. It's unbelievable, the technology that we have and if I wanted to, I, well, tell me what the weather's like. She could take a picture of the sky and send it to me. Just like that. It's unbelievable what's going on. So I was talking to her this morning about 7 o'clock. And uh, she says, oh, by the way, it's 42 degrees here this morning. Do you think I'm looking forward to going? I sent her a text back. I said, well, yesterday it was 101 and 80% humidity here. So I'm looking forward to showing up. So, so I was sharing with her. I remember I might have shared with you uh, the time I went to Indonesia. That was the second year I was here. I, was here in, I got here in 2011. It was the first year that I began to serve here at SOTA. 2012, again, an opportunity where a mission group was going to Indonesia and they didn't have a pharmacist. And they called and asked if I could come and fill in as their pharmacist and I agreed. And uh, 
I went over and I also had the opportunity to teach and to preach while I was over there. And uh, I missed an opportunity by not asking the question, what is the level of maturity of the people that I will be preaching to? Because let me tell you, the people that I went to Indonesia and was preaching to were the people who lived on an island and the Muslims had come over and they were trying to uh, eliminate all Christianity on this island. The Muslims came in and they burnt the houses of the Christians. They burnt the churches of the Christians. And these were the people who continued to serve the Lord after this persecution some four or five years later. I went over... I'm going to this little island village and I'm thinking they need to hear the simple gospel of salvation. And what I realized, that these were the Apostle Pauls of our day and time. They had suffered persecution. They had been beaten. They had been injured. And yet they still stood for the cause of Christ. And I went... Uh, I missed my opportunity to encourage them to continue to stand because I failed to ask the question, where are the people that I'm going to be speaking with? Where are they spiritually? So I sent Sherry a text and I said, Hey, listen, I need to know what maturity level are the people that I'm going to be preaching and teaching to. They, uh, she sent back and she said, These are young believers and I want you to know, I immediately, I immediately, the book in the Bible that came to my mind first was the, was the book of Colossians. Okay? Now, if you've ever studied through the book of Colossians, we did that in our Sunday school class. Oh, it's been several months ago now. But what a, a great book for the brand new believer in Christ. So, I've already got all my files out, all of my lessons through the book of Colossians. So I said, I said, ask your preacher there that's in your village. I said, what subject? I recognize now that I'm going to be speaking uh, to, uh, to young believers. I said, but what, is the, what particular subject uh, would you like me to speak on? This was the subject. How to let Christ reign in a Christian's life. How to let Christ reign in a Christian's life. So after I got the, the topic that he was interested in, we understand when we use the word reign, that means basically, who, how are, are we to keep the one that is in control of our life in control of our life? How do we keep Christ in control of our life as Christians living in the world that we live in, how do we do that? I have to tell you, I do not believe that the influences that we have in America today are going to be as great as, they, as that in Zambia. I really don't believe that. They don't have access to the things that we have access to. We are bombarded daily with the things of the world and the things that the world wants you to do. Now, let me ask you this. Who is the author or the, the one in control of the world today? Satan is. 
The Bible tells us that He is the prince and He is the power of the world today. That's where all these influences to cause you to dethrone Christ in your life comes from. So this morning, what I want to do, I'm just, I tell you what, I'm going to just practice on y'all this morning, okay? I'm just going to practice on y'all. Because this is a message that I'm going to preach in Zambia to these young believers on how to keep Christ reigning in our Christian lives. So I want to do that by using a, an event that took place in Israel's history back in 1 Samuel chapter 8. If you would, turn there with me. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse number 1. Now, if you're familiar with the history of the nation of Israel, uh, this, they have, where we're at right now, they have not had a king yet. God has led them through Judges. That's in reference to the book of Judges. And God is using prophets. In other words, God is speaking to a particular man. This man in turn speaks to the nation of Israel. And they either choose to follow that prophet or not follow that prophet. But this is a man of God. What they're wanting though, they're wanting to be like the nations around them. And they want a king. Let's see how this plays out. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second was Abiah, and they were judges in Bathsheba. Now, and his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre. They took bribes, and they perverted judgment. You know what? And this is Father's Day. This is Father's Day. And I'm sitting, I am looking at this great prophet of God named Samuel. And did you notice though, even though they were raised in a godly home, they chose to not follow after God. His own sons, they took bribes, they, they, they done things that were improper to be judged. Even though they were raised in a godly home, that just shows us that each one of us have a free will to choose the direction that we want to go. Some of you may have had godly fathers and you are a product of your godly father, but how many of us know of a situation where they had a godly father, but, but the child turned out to be a worldly a person that chose to do what he wanted to instead of what... The father did. That's, that's an example that we saw here. Verse number 3, And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, and came to Samuel and to Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all of the other nations. Now, did you see that? Here is a nation that is identified by being a follower of an almighty God, the Creator. And this is what the people said. The people said, Samuel, we just want to be like those other people. Does that sound familiar? You don't understand. Those other countries laugh at us, Samuel, because we don't have a king. We're different than they are. Uh, 
Samuel, we want to wear the same clothes that they wear. I, I know the people in the world, they, they want to do certain things, and, and we look so different because we don't do those same things. We don't, we don't drink the same drinks. We don't go the same places. And this is what they're saying. They said, Samuel, we want to be just like those other people. We don't want to be identified as God's people anymore. Look what it says in verse 6. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Now, this is exactly what... Uh, God was telling Samuel, he said, Samuel, you need to understand, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. They don't want me in their lives anymore. I have to tell you, and if you watch the news much, or if you keep up with what's going on around the country and around the world, what you're finding more and more and more of is churches and denominations this is what they're saying. We can attract a lot more people if we'll look a little bit more like them. I heard an, uh, the Southern Baptists have been meeting down in Louisiana and one of the, the discussions that have come up down there is the discussion of women pastors whether a woman should be able to pastor a church in the Southern Baptist Convention. And according to the Scriptures, that's not proper. It doesn't say that women can't uh, be teachers in the church. It doesn't say that at all. But as far as leading the church, uh, Scripture, pretty, it just simply says there to be a man of one wife. It limits, it limits the authority of leading over a church. Well, I want you to know as the the Southern Baptist group stood up and said, Listen, this is a stance that we still are going to stand on. We're going to stand on God's Word. We're not going to compromise God's words. We know that other people around are doing this, but we refuse to accept this as God's Word. We're not going to compromise God's Word. And then someone in the delegation stood up and said, Listen, we will accept you in a denomination. They called out the name of the denomination. We will accept you. If you want to be a woman and a pastor, you can come to our denomination. If you're homosexual and or you're gay or you're LGBT and you want to be in a church, we will accept you. Let me tell you, that is exactly what our churches are doing today. The people... The people said, God, we don't want what you have for us. We want to just simply look like the world. We want to have a king just like the neighboring kingdom has. We want to have somebody that will lead over us, somebody that will make decisions for us, somebody that will lead us in battle. Did we realize the greatest protection these people could ever have was to simply uh, submit themselves unto an almighty God and no one could defeat them. We just want to look like them. 
here. Let me give you a warning. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them, I will walk among them, I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be you separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean things and I will receive you. If we come together, when we at Soda Baptist Church start looking like the world, sounding like the world, there's something wrong. We need to come out and be separate. We need to choose God first in our lives. And we're talking about how to let Christ reign in our lives. This is one of the ways we do it. We come out from among them and we put the Lord first in our lives no matter what happens around us. No matter what situation we find ourselves in, we put God first. This was the people's response. All right? They wanted a king. They wanted to be like the other nations. So Samuel said, God told Samuel, he said, Now Samuel, you go and tell the people what's going to happen if they choose a king over them. This is what's going to happen. Samuel told him, he says, Listen, the king is going to take your sons and he's going to make them soldiers. They will, he will take some of your sons and they're going to work in the king's fields. They're going to, he's going to take some of your sons and he's going to make them work in areas where they build chariots and instruments of war. He's going to take your daughters. He's going to make them cooks and bakers for him. He's going to take your fields. He's going to take your olive groves, your best that you have to give. He's going to take them. He's going to take a tenth of everything you produce, a tenth of all your sheep, all your cattle, all your donkeys, all your camels. This is what the king is going to do. And you know what the people said? That's just what we want. We'll look just like everybody else. Look what they said. This is what, this is what they said. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. That's the decision that they made. They said, we really don't care if he comes in and he takes our sons and takes our daughters. If we have to give up all of our land, we have to give up our, our best olive groves, if we have to do all this, we want a king. We want to be like them. I'm afraid our world around us and our nation have given up our children to the world to be like the world oh my 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 you've heard that history repeats itself this is where we are today so brother Wayne why are you preaching what you're preaching this morning because you're you you're here you're here. You have a desire to know what the truth concerning this is. And I'm here to tell you the truth. I'm going to read Scripture to you and let you know that this is what God expects. And if you want the Lord to be able to rule and to reign in your life, I want you to know He lets us know exactly how we can do that.
One of the ways that we do that is we simply submit our lives to Him. Submit our lives to Him. I remember, I remember, if you, if you ever join the military, this is what you're doing. You are submitting. You've signed a contract. I signed a contract for six years. Now, let me tell you, if you sign a contract, let's just say with Pilgrim's Pride, and, and you're working in a chicken factory, if you go in there and sign a contract for six years, and then they put you on the what they call the gut line, you know, where you're sitting there, and you're gutting these... Let me tell you, you might have should have thought twice before you wanted to spend the next six years doing that. That's a pretty, pretty tough job. Okay, but I signed a contract with the military saying, I will be with you for the next six years. I didn't know what I got myself into. I signed up. Man, I was happy. I was proud. They stuck me on a plane. They shipped me to Great Lakes, Illinois. In the middle of wintertime in January, I got off of that bus on the on the, the the base that they were going to train me in boot camp, and the first thing they told me to do is to take my coat off and start doing push-ups. There were six inches of snow on the ground. I was doing push-ups in the snow, and I volunteered for this. I want you to know, before I got out of boot camp, I was praying that God would give, make me colorblind or give me a heart murmur. I had stepped out of His will. But, but I want you to know, this is what I signed up for, and I did. I submitted, I submitted to the authority of the United States government and the military and the commander-in-chief that was over, the, the, over me at that time. I don't mind telling you it was Ronald Reagan. But I enjoyed serving in the military. But the first thing I had to do was to submit to the authority that was over me. Let me tell you, if you want Jesus Christ to rule and to reign in our lives as Christian and as believers, one of the first things we must do is submit. Submit. I was, I, I, and I've, I know I've told you this before, there was a large group of people gathered and, and the Lord Jesus came and there was a fence right in the middle of this group of people and the Lord Jesus came and said, Hey guys, y'all come follow me. Half of that group went this way. Satan came to the other side of the fence and he said, Hey, y'all come follow me. And that group followed him. Well, there's one guy sitting on the fence. He hadn't made a decision yet. Satan came back and he said, Hey, come go with me. He says, No, I haven't decided yet. He said, Oh, you have. He says, I own the fence. And see, that's because that fellow had not chose to submit to anyone. But if you choose not to submit to anyone, you have submitted to the ways of the world. If you do not submit to Christ, you have submitted to the ways of the world. Let me, let me give you a couple of scriptures here that, that I think that, that really stand out. One of the ways, if you want to let Christ reign in your life, the first thing that you've got to do is make a decision for Christ. That's the first thing you've got to do. One of the scriptures that I referenced here is Acts chapter, uh, uh, Acts chapter 16 and verse 30. And this is where Paul and Silas were in prison. And, and they were at midnight after they had been beaten. And now they're chained to the floor. And a great earthquake came and released them from their bonds. And if you're familiar with the event, 
the, the soldier that was guarding them pulled his sword. He was about to kill himself because he was afraid that some of the, sol- or the prisoners had escaped. And Paul told him, he said, don't bring any harm to yourself. He says, we're all here. And this is what it says. It says, and they brought them out and said, sirs. This is what the prison guard said. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. If you want to let the Lord Jesus to rule and to reign in your life, the first thing you've got to do is believe that Jesus Christ came to save you from your sins. I love listening to a testimony. A man was telling me about when his dad got saved and he sat down and he witnessed to him and he, and he told him all of these things about what Jesus came to do and how he died on the cross for his sins. Good man. He said, after I talked to him, I went and laid down in my bed. He said, later, his dad came to his room. And he told him, he said, son, I realize now that I'm a sinner. And Jesus has forgiven me of my sin. Now listen, if you want to let Christ rule and reign in your life, the first thing we must do is we must know Him as our personal Savior. We must accept Him. Another verse, James chapter 4 and verse 7. You know, I mentioned that we need to submit our lives to Him. This is exactly what James 4, this is how I started the script, the sermon. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now what does it mean that we resist the devil? I want you to know every single person in this room today has been influenced and has been drawn by the tempter, our enemy, Satan, to get involved in the world and and involve ourselves in living the way the world is. But he tells us, he says, we must resist those temptations. Uh, We sing a song. Yield not to temptation. For yielding is sin. You know that little phrase? Listen, it's not a sin to be tempted. It is a sin to yield to it though and give in. If you want to make Christ rule and reign in our lives, the first thing we must do is we must submit to God and we must resist the devil. The scripture says if you will resist him, he will flee from you. Then he says this, Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. Now, what does it mean that we, we draw nigh unto God? If you're wanting the Lord Jesus to rule and to reign in our lives, let me tell you one thing that you must have. The, the one thing when I was in the military to submit to them, they would come and they would say, Okay, Mr. Bickley, we want you to clean the bathroom, and we want you to do it with this toothbrush. You know what my response was? Yes, sir. And I got on my hands and knees and I began to clean that bathroom with a toothbrush. And when they gave me, said, Mr. Bickley, we want you to run five miles this morning before breakfast. You know what my response was? Yes, sir. And I ran five miles. I submitted to whatever they said. If you want to submit to the Lord... And draw nigh unto Him. If you don't practice learning what the Lord wants you to have in your life, 
by reading His Word, it's impossible for you to submit and have the rule of reign of Jesus Christ in our lives if you don't know what He wants. I loved, I lo- I loved we had a guy that he'd spent, he'd spent the majority of his life as a, as a junior high and high school kid in juvenile hall uh, it, because he was just a rambunctious gang uh, tote, and he was he. That's the life he lived. He got out of juvie hall, and it wasn't long. He was in prison. He was in prison until he was about thirty-five years old. Moved into our community. When he moved into our community, he he. For some reason he started showing up at our church on Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, they would teach the Bible. He was living with his girlfriend. Preacher said something about fornication. The man didn't know what that word meant. First time he'd ever heard that word. Went and asked my dad what that meant. Found out that it meant living with someone or having sex with someone you're not married to. And it was like, oh my goodness. He said, I didn't know that. He said, should I not be doing that? I said, he said, listen, I'm just telling what the scripture says. He says, well, what should I do? He said, well, you should move out and not be living with your girlfriend until you decide to get married. He said, well, where can I stay? Can I come stay at your house? My dad said, well, yeah. When do you plan on getting married? He says, well, I'm going to be at church next Wednesday night. Can we get married then? Yeah. But you know what? He had no idea what the Lord expected from him. When he found out what the Lord expected from him, you know what he done? He submitted himself. He found out that this is what the Lord said, do if if you want to let the Lord rule and reign in your life, submit to the Word of God. If you don't know what the Word of God says, you can't submit to Him. That's what God's Word is for. Basic Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. If you want the Lord to rule and to reign in our lives, number one, submit to His Word. If you've not submitted to His Word because you do not have a time set aside in your life where you read the Bible, then that's the first start. If you're a born-again believer and you don't have a relationship with God by reading His Word, that is where you need to start today. Go home, pick up your Bible, and I would suggest the book of Colossians. Start right there. That's just what I would suggest. Start right there and then go back and go through the Gospels. But that's a good place to start. If you want to have the Lord rule and reign in your life, number one, you have to submit, resist the devil. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That simply means that we are submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ. A living sacrifice. I am giving to you, Lord, what you desire. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now look what it says here. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, remember what the nation of Israel were doing. He says, do not, do not be conformed to this world. What did the nation of Israel say? We want to be just like them. We want to be... They were conforming to the things of the world around them. And he says, if you want to have Jesus to rule and to reign in our lives, 
do not submit or do not be conformed to the things of the world around us, but be you transformed. Now, did, how did it say that we're going to be transformed? By the renewing of our mind. Well, how are we going to renew our mind? Oh, we're back to this again. That's how we renew our minds. With God's Word. Uh, that He may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect in the will of God. You read your Bible, that's where you're going to get. Now, let me, let, me, let me make sure that I'm not leaving out a very, very, very important part of this. Okay? Once we have submitted to God, once we, we have started uh, reading God's Word, I hope that we understand that this also involves a time when we are having conversation with Almighty God through our prayer life. All of this play hand in hand. If we want the Christ to rule and to reign in our lives, we need God speaking to us through His Word, and we are speaking to Him. I, let me tell you, I, I, I think it's okay for you to read the Scripture and go, man, I don't understand that at all. Lord, would you, I know you put this down here for me to read and to understand. Would you help me to understand what your Word is saying? Don't be fooled. God will help you and give you wisdom and understanding in His Word when we ask. He does just that. It may not be instantaneously. It may be over a period of time. It may be the next day or two when you've read another scripture and you look back and go, Oh, that's what that meant. But it is renewing our mind as we read through that. Oh, Man, it clock is fast. Let me... Uh, well, I'm going to read this scripture and then I'm going to jump to one more and, and we'll finish this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says there, and he says, And you hath he quickened. In other words, when you ask Jesus Christ to save you and forgive you, when He saves you, He quickens you. That word means to be changed. You've been changed. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but now we've been made whole. Wherein in times past you walked according to the things of the world. In other words, at one time, we did let the world rule and reign in our lives according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom that's also who we were. But then He says... But we now have been changed because of the result of who Jesus Christ is in our lives. Let me read one more scripture and I'll explain it and, and then we'll, we'll end this morning. This is a scripture that I used in Sunday school this morning. And, and listen to what this says. I hope that I have enough time to explain exactly what this says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 29... Listen to what it says. He says, But this I say, brethren, that the time is short. Paul said that some 2,000 years ago. Time is short today also. Time is short. This is what he's telling us. That both they that have wives be as though they have none. Those that weep as, as they weep not. Those that rejoice as they rejoice not. 
those that have that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not an abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. Brother Wayne, what in the world did that mean? Now, some men like to hear that. They like to hear that say, okay, this is what that scripture says. It says, men, you that have wives, just act like you don't have a wife. <laughs> I like that. But listen to what it says. This is what it's saying. Listen, time is short. Okay? It says, weep like you, you don't have anything to weep for. Rejoice like you don't have anything to rejoice for. Everything that he is saying, he's saying, listen, time is so short. Do not let anything distract you from your relationship with God. Do not let anything distract you from letting Christ rule and reign in our lives. It's not saying to neglect your wife, but it is saying don't get so involved in your marriage and the things of your marriage and pleasing your wife or your spouse and forget that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He paid a debt for us. Don't let something that happens in your life that causes you to weep, a loss of a spouse, a loss of a child, a loss of a parent, a, a loss of a job. Do not let anything that takes place in this life that is horrible cause you to weep to the point that you lose your letting Christ rule and reign in your life. You, you turn the page, this is so bad I don't have time for God anymore. Don't let something that is so good in your life, and we use the example in the, the Sunday school class, if you come into a, a, a profitable situation or uh, maybe you, uh, you've received an inheritance or, or something, uh, something sold or something that you forgot and you got lots of money now. He says, do not let your rejoicing be to the point that you take Christ off of the throne of your life and you're distracted by those things. That's what all of that scripture is talking about. Do we want to let Christ rule and reign in our lives? Do not be distracted by the things of this world. Time is short. Time is short. It's Many of us in here realize how Man, we're 40 years old, and we've only blinked. We didn't realize it would go by so fast. That's why the Scripture tells us to redeem the times. Don't let any time go by that we're not allowing Jesus Christ to rule and reign in our lives. Don't let it slip by. That Scripture goes on. Don't let pleasures, don't let things that you have purchased occupy so much time that you, uh, of your life that you take Christ off your throne. The most important thing that we can do today is let Christ rule and reign in our lives. So let me ask this morning, just before we give the invitation, let me ask this morning, where does Christ stand in our lives today? Have we been distracted by the things of the world? Israel says, you know what? We just want to be like everybody else. This is what they simply done. They took God off the throne. They set Him to the side. And they put the world and the waves of the world 
on the throne. Who's on your throne today? What's the most important thing that's going on in your life? Are you the most important thing in your life? If you are the most important thing, you need to get yourself off the throne and you need to replace it with the one who gave his life for your life and put Jesus back on the throne. Let's stand together. Father, what an awesome opportunity you've given us this morning. Evaluate our lives, evaluate our, where we're at, evaluate where we have got you in our lives. My prayer this morning as we evaluate our lives that we find that you are on the throne, that you are the one that is ruling and reigning in our lives because we've not allowed the things of this world to distract us But God, we're redeeming the time and we are serving you every minute of every day that you have called us into service for. Thank you again for this opportunity to stand and proclaim your word. God, I pray that as decisions are made this morning, you will be pleased with every single decision that will be made this morning. We'll give you the glory for it all in Jesus' name. Amen.